the devil no es, no es tonto, ¿verdad? Like, he realizes where our weak spots are, and that's where he attacks us the most. And so people, like, you know, get really bummed out that it's always the same kind of sin, right? Yeah. That, that tends, the same temptation that they seem to, to fall over or, or into. And so I always, I, I try to tell them, like, okay, so are you taking any concrete steps? I'm sitting across Father Joe, a Catholic priest. Yeah, and I'm sitting across Oscar, a Catholic layman, husband slash father. How was your week last week? Um, mostly uneventful. Um, just kind of doing parish stuff. Nice. Yeah, I like that. I was listening to that last po podcast, the, the one about rituals, and we're talking about how yeah, just our weeks. How sometimes it's nice to just have uneventful weeks. It's it's amazing. <laughs> I am a little bummed because I thought that this coming weekend when is when I'm taking this camping trip, but it isn't this weekend. It's next weekend. Where are you going? So, Big Ben National Park. Oh yeah. Have you been? I've been there once um, and it was a lot of fun and I was super bummed out because when I went there was a full moon and so the moon looked amazing. It was huge. It looked like it was like right on top of you. Yeah. Um, middle of the night. It seemed like there was a, a giant spotlight on us. Um, it was cool in and of itself, but I was really excited about seeing stars and I could not see a single star because the moon was that bright. Um, and so now we're going and it's going to be a new moon, uh, which means that the moon is completely, um, opaque, you know, you can't, you can't see it. And so we'll be able to see all the stars. Hopefully. Do you like camp? Like you like outdoor stuff? I, I don't do it nearly as I, much as I don't do it. I rarely do it, but when I do, man, I enjoy, I love being outdoors, especially mountains, mountains. I mean, I, we could do a whole podcast on just mountains and imagery in, in the old Testament. And it's always been a place of contemplation and, and a place of like encounter with God because in our minds, or at least poetically, we think of God as up in the, in the heights of heaven. Right. And so when you're on a mountain and you, especially when you see just like this beautiful landscape and, yeah. and, and, and just like this panoramic view of, of the beauty of creation, you can't help but think about God. Yeah. And he, so, yeah, I'm he retreated fan. to the mountain. Yeah, he right. did that often. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. I'm not a big camping person, but I, I, I do want to. Have you heard of glamping? It's like, I guess it's, it's, it's like glamour. you go out there in an Gla RV. Yeah, G GL is glamour, right? Glamour camping. So it's not an RV. They have like places where it's like a TP uh, or like a little tent, but it has like AC. A it's TV, got its own bathroom. It's got a bathroom. It's got a shower. It's got all those things. I'm, I'm sure it'd be really fun and really cool because you still get the outdoor things. And then at the end of the day, you're able to like kind of shelter wash down yeah. and shelter down. And yeah. Whereas over here, I hadn't heard of I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to shower for two days. Is, is that you think it's close by where people do that? <laughs> There's some places in Texas where you can go clamp, glamping and it's it's kind of relatively new. So yeah. it's 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 kind of up and coming. It's a little pricey, I think, for the most part, um, especially compared to camping where you normally pay for like $14 yeah. for a campsite or something like that. But then you also have to make this investment of your tent and your 
um, all that other stuff that you need for. Yeah, I was gonna, it's completely random, but so as a priest, when you take vacation, like, do you do this before like big holidays, like when you guys are super busy? Is that like blackout days? We call it like that in retail. Like, oh, really? yeah, there's blackout days, like the holidays you can't take. Not universally, not, you can, not but, universally, but um, but I think a lot of priests will normally take off. Um, maybe a week after Easter. Okay. Um, cause like you had, you had all of Lent and you had usually have an extra confession time and That's um, true. missions and, and, and stuff like that. Then you have Holy week, which is, you know, the Catholic Olympics. Um, yeah. and then you have, uh, Easter. And then usually after that is when priests will take off, whether it's that immediately the Monday after, or maybe like a week after same thing between after Christmas and new year. Yeah. There's usually, but right now it's kind of like not, I don't, uh, it's not dead, but like right now it's not as busy for you all. Um, no, it's, well, it's starting to ramp up, right? Okay. Because religious education, CCD kids are coming back. Are they coming back? Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. at least the policy allows for them. I don't know if all churches, all parishes are going to do in person, but at least programs yeah. are starting back up, whether it's online or, or in person, but yeah, so it's it's starting it it bare it's barely starting to pick up a little. So bit. you have a, a routine, a ritual of taking vacation. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. There's usually yeah, and then like I have a group of friends, priest friends that we try to get away in October, and yeah. it just became I don't know why it was October. It just kind of became October, and um, it was just kind of an easy time for us to leave. And now, but we haven't done it in the last three years. No, in the last two. Year, well, no the last last. Two, how long has this pandemic going on? It feels like 40 years, but I think it's, yeah. been, uh, it's a year and a half. We're going on two. But okay. this will be the second October. Like yes. two Octobers ago, we could have gone. Yeah, yeah. And, this and so we weren't this able, is the yeah. second. So two Octobers ago, we could we didn't go because one of our schedules didn't um, jive with it. And so we didn't do it. And I think now if we had known, right, if we yeah. had known we were going into a worldwide pandemic, you would have, we would have, would have, could have showed her, right? Yeah. We could have lived like we were dying. <laughs> I went skydiving. I've did been you listening to, to that song on repeat. It's a really good song. <laughs> it's such a good song. Yeah, I could hit the note. I actually tried the last note for the for the length of time that he sings it. Yeah, I I, I was listening to it with Bella, and Bella's like, "You gotta like, you gotta like right before you gotta take a really quick." <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good song. It's yeah, good, no, it's good. As the kids say, it slaps. That's how the kids say it. I yeah, mean, I think it's dumb, but whatever. I like it. You use that in one of the. Well, yeah, I was in, mm -hmm. in that episode. Um, cool. So I think as we get started on today's uh, uh, podcast, right episode, we're gonna talk about um, the the nature of the addictive nature of, of sin. sin. Yes. Yeah. Or maybe. Yeah, I, I think that's an adequate title for at least what's kind of been brewing in my mind. Um, so, so the reason why this has kind of like been the reason why it's popping up in my head is because lately I've been thinking about um, in confessions, right? When I, cause I hear confessions and I'm going to, and if you hear something that sounds like your confession, I'm not, I'm not yeah. publicizing it. I'm being as generic as possible. Yeah. It just happens to be that way. Yeah. But I think this is pretty universal, right? So when I tell people in confession, regardless of the type of sin, especially if it's, if it's something that's, pervasive and, it, and it, they keep falling into it and and most people are like that right they'll come in and say like a lot of times they'll come in and they'll be like take a deep breath sigh excuse me sigh and then say same thing as always father 
And then yeah. they'll and then they'll say their confession, right? Like, yeah, because the devil no es, no es tonto, right? Like he realizes where our weak spots are, and that's where he attacks us the most. And so people like you know get really bummed out that it's always the same kind of sin that, yeah. that, that tends to, the same temptation that they seem to to fall over or into. And so I always I, I try to tell them like, okay, so are you taking any concrete steps, right? Are you doing something? to, as we say in our act of contrition, avoid the near occasion of sin, right? Um, because as I'll tell them, like, you know, like, maybe you can't completely evade it, right? So if someone says, um, you know, I lose patience with my mother, she's elderly, I take care of her, right? right. Um, so I can say, okay, so, so what concrete steps are you doing to kind of alleviate that? And so concrete step might just simply be like, periodically during the day taking two minutes right just two minutes of silence asking god for uh, an increase of patience an increase of charity etc and that would be a concrete step towards you know eliminating that 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 fault like does that mean you're not going to lose your patience absolutely not you probably still will but at least you're conscious of it and there's something that it's it's like a little hurdle right it's a, yeah. it's a little blockade that, yeah, you can still go around and you can still jump over, uh, but you'll still be able to um, uh, evade it. If or, or It's just one more block, right? And so it's going to help you out a little bit. Right? It's going to make it a little bit more difficult for you to fall into that particular temptation. So that's what I've been telling people. I've noticed a lot in confessions. And again, this is kind of concerning. Like I'm, I'm talking about like all kinds, any matter of sin, right? So I've been saying that, and and the, the, the word step, right, made me think of uh, 12-step programs yeah. and how these programs, um, whether it's for um, alcohol, narcotics, sexual addictions, or whatever kind of addiction, I don't know if there's any, those are the three that I know, I'm sure there's others, um, but whatever type of addiction you may have, uh, it, they've adapted this 12-step model um, and how that's supposed to help you to kind of um, live a life where maybe that temptation will always be there, um, but it, it helps you to kind of confront it, right? Yeah. And so I think that that's, it, I think there's a lot of really good parallels there. Ooh, that was a hard P. Yeah. There's a lot of parallels. <laughs> so when we, before we jump into it, because I think we could like um, list some of them, right? Or list and go through that, see where this goes. I, I couldn't help but to go into thinking of a book I read like a couple of years ago. Uh, it was called Atomic Habits. And mm -hmm. so um, this author, and I can't like the name, like I can't recall it right now, but he talks about when we have a habit, um, you need to add some friction to remove the habit. Okay. And so some concrete steps, something that makes it difficult to like, get into the habit so we might have a habit of when i get up i go to the refrigerator and i drink a i don't know like a coca-cola and like so you would want to add some friction and not have the coke there maybe mm -hmm. you keep the coke in your the coca-cola in your car right and so it's yes. like but you get yes, me you mean the soda yeah the soda pop soda pop and um and and so, anyways, you add friction. So I'm, I, I, like, I, I, I see where the thought I, yeah, is going. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to not to take too long on this on yeah, this yeah, little no, on this little sidetrack. But 
your 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 little like Coca Cola thing. Yeah. It made it reminds you of this one time I was so in the north in Chicago where I went to school in Chicago, right in seminary, um, and up there they don't call soda Coke, right? Here in in South at least in South Texas and Laredo we we yeah, Coke me, means yeah, like yeah, Coke. what kind of Coke you want? Oh, I want a Sprite. <laughs> you know, like we use that universally. It's wrong objectively. It's wrong, um, but they don't say soda or they don't say Coke. They use the word pop, right? Um, and so one, the, the, the first time I, I was a newly ordained deacon and I was preaching and one of the things that I mentioned, it was kind of like the setup to my homily is I talked about when I was a kid living here in Laredo that we would go to Nuevo Laredo all the time and my parents would give us a couple of pesos and we'd go walking down to the little corner store. Uh, and I said, and we would buy bags of Coke. <laughs> and I just kept saying, you know, I just kept my comedy going and it had nothing to do with that. Is this that. practice homily? No, this was in oh my God, okay. during mass, during yeah. the Sunday mass of, of the seminary. <laughs> and um, afterwards, you know, people came up to me. They're like, hey, it's a good homily. Um, you would do what now? <laughs> and I was like, what? What are you talking about? They were like, at the beginning, you said your parents would give you a couple of pesos and you would go across. You would go to the corner store and you would buy bags of coke and i was like oh yeah the thing is that like um so like they'll put a well, they'll put the coke in a bag for you if you don't have a bottle and he's like what <laughs> and i'm like yeah like they pour the coke into a bag and then he was like blown like you they were like you're talking about cocaine i'm like no absolutely not no and then i had to explain sorry i meant soda like a coca-cola like a coke yes instead of like the retorna, botella they were probably freaking out they, they're they like were, like like and this was during mass and so everyone's just like freaking out they're thinking that i'm admitting to this you know a cocaine problem as a nine-year-old <laughs> um they're like, and then i would buy it for, tough and then i would buy it for a couple of pesos at the yeah. corner store <laughs> yeah so they were like really freaking out sorry that's but it. yeah no i caught so, myself because yeah. i'm like you keep the coke you don't keep the coke there but no yeah coca-cola oh. but you add friction right yeah so. so so like you would um you know if you like a cold soda you maybe don't keep them in the fridge yeah. that way it it, it it slows you down right yeah that's and that's exactly the, that's exactly what i've been saying saying is like you create little hurdles right if you're immediate instinct in the morning is for you to check your phone and yeah. your social media or something like that okay you got to charge your phone that's fine charge your phone across the room right charge it down in the living room or something like that right? so Maybe you get you, a chance to think or yeah, be conscious yeah, and like exactly. okay i don't need this right mm -hmm. now i always had this i remember in seminary this was such a cool little i just thought it was a great um idea is that this this priest told us that um in the mornings he suggested that we take a, a, a sizable rock um, and put it um, on our on our bed pillow on our pillow so when you came home you would you know instead of just jumping on the bed and going to bed you would you know smack your head on the rock and that would remind you to pray <laughs> and then in the morning you would and then when you took it off your pillow to go to sleep you would put it on the floor so that in the morning you would trip over that rock and remember to pray right so sometimes these physical reminders or physical um boundaries or, or something hurdles kind of help us you know in a spiritual way in a non-material way and that's exactly the point right is is how do we how do we help ourselves to kind of confront something like in this case that's prayer like in keeping faithful to prayer but in this case in, in the case that we're talking about um how do i concretely do something so that this temptation doesn't stop. take a hold of me 
right? So as we jump into the kind of toast steps and see the parallel there, right? Or try to discuss some of the parallels there. Um, uh, I was thinking that the first thing, and I know um, you you um, talked about the 12 steps. So it's 12 steps. Uh, step one is, um, is it admittance that, that you, yeah, to admit, to right? admit you have a problem, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of like this, that. That sounds so cliche, right? Like, well, yeah, yeah. That that's exactly yeah. You're you're. you're I think by right. the time you come to confession, though, I I think you've already done step one. I imagine you're admitting, yeah, to yourself at least that yes. yeah, I have a problem. Yes. Right. Yeah. No one comes to confession because it feels good. Yeah. No. Of course. <laughs> no one and there's comes a lot of friction because they're trying to like brag about something that they feel awful about like they're they, they're coming to confession because they feel bad about it yeah and there's there's actually a big obstacle that i think a person has to get through first to even come to confession yeah like plan it frankly as a priest yeah. and i can't say this loud enough but like whenever like people are like oh, i can't go to confession because like this is just terrible and awful and it's just disgusting what i've done whatever it is um I'm I'm usually mostly impressed by people. Like I'm always like blown away by the courage that it takes to come in and to say that in confession. So I'm not gonna I'm I personally like and I think most people priests are like this, right? I'm really not judging. Al contrario, I'm like impressed and I'm like edified by it. And it makes me think internally, because I'm a sinner too, it makes me think, well, well what's take what's 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 up with me, right? Why haven't I gotten a confession about this or that, you know? Uh, so it's actually edifying, and, and and you're right. Usually by the time you get to confession, you've made that thesis first step, right? So the first step, and I'm taking this from, what is this website called? Um, American Addiction Centers, alcohol.org, right? So this is for um, alcoholics and, and so that kind of addiction. But he says, it says, we admit we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. That's That's the first step, right, is recognizing that that this is affecting your life, right? It's the, the phrase that I liked about that is that our lives have become unmanageable, right? Something is like it's getting in the way. It's of, disruptive, right? Yeah. Day to day, you're kind of thinking of it, or it weighs heavy. Yeah, and I and I suspect that when it comes to narcotics or alcohol or something like that, it, it's going to disrupt your life and it's going to mismanage your life by because maybe you've you know, to use the phrase like you've hit rock bottom or you yeah. feel like or, or some relationship got, you know, significantly wounded by this or something like that. Right. Yeah. But I think something that maybe we don't take stock of enough is that all of our sin, whether whether it's something small and venial or something deep and dark and, and, and mortal sin, um, all of it is 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 in is admitting chaos and we've talked about chaos before in the yeah. podcast is admitting chaos into our heart into our soul into our mind um and so it is affecting um our life even if we may think that it's secret and no one else it's not affecting anyone it's not hurting anybody except for myself well it's affecting you yeah. internally right. and it's shaping and it's molding who you are and how you relate to people in the world so it is affecting your life whether you realize it or not or maybe or maybe it's in small ways and, and you're you're trying to dismiss it as like oh well ni modo right yeah i i have thought of 
that just because we ignore it doesn't mean it it doesn't exist right mm -hmm. so i think uh step one is actually like you're thinking okay you know i'm doing this wrong or um you know it weighs heavy so okay we admit it so ignoring it doesn't mean it doesn't exist but let's say this person's admitting that step one Boom. we're here then we start moving forward what's like how do we get what's step two step two is uh Let's see, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to, san to, to sanity. It says. Um, uh, sanity, I hope you don't think just because, or, or sanity, I think we would, we would think in terms of I was crazy and now I'm sane. But sanity is, is it comes from the, word, uh, the root word for sanitation or sanitizing, right? So it's, it's health, right? It's, it's, it's cleanliness. It's, it's being restored to um, the way we're supposed to be. Right? Clean, yeah. mm -hmm. And I think that, that I think there, what I would want to highlight is that, so like if you're coming to confession and I think some people have this idea, especially non-Catholics would, would, would critique Catholics of, 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 of doing this. Cause they'll be like, well, why go, go say priest. this? What? Yeah. Why go say this to another person who is just as messed up as you are, you know? And that's true, you know. I messed up as everyone yeah. else, um, but but I think here the 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 insight is that this greater power not just exists, right? It's not enough to think God exists, um, but that He can restore us to sanity, right? That that He has power over this. That that this is somebody greater than I that can do something about it. Yeah, I think. Um I don't know where this may go, but me sharing it with someone, I think if I'm sharing it with myself and I'm having a conversation with God, but within my own being, that I might justify some of that. I might like, like, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, Definitely. I just tell myself a different story, right? Like, oh, it means this. Or, so I think uh, seeing, uh, or at least for me as a Catholic, like when I share it, I, I know I have that feeling like, okay, it's like I'm accountable to, like a brother or like whoever I'm talking to. Right. And, uh, but specifically a priest, I'm accountable to that person because I, like they might be able to see something I'm not seeing. Right. So step two is, uh, yes, in a way, like, uh, I guess getting into, um, like trying, yeah, trying to sanitize my, my own thoughts. Cause I'm getting them out. I think if you keep them, well, no, it's not sanitizing my own thoughts and minds. It's okay. realizing that I can't do that. That you can't, yeah, that, that you, you can't need, do that. And okay. you need someone else to do it for you and with you in and through True. you, right? And I think that that's, that's the key. That's what I'm saying. That, yeah. That's the key insight, right? And it's related to number one, right? It's become unmanageable, right? I can't do it. And anyone that's suffered from any real addiction or even just addiction, maybe like, it, I don't know, I don't think this is a real thing, but like addiction with a capital A and addiction with a lowercase a, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm addicted to coffee. Right. And, and, and someone that says that, right. Maybe you're using the word addicted. Maybe that's a little, um, it's a little overboard, right? Maybe you're not exactly addicted to it. Um, in the same way that someone would be addicted to narcotics. Yes. But, um, but we'll use that phrase all the time. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm addicted to, uh, pizza or something yeah, like that. Yes, right. We do. Okay. So anyone that does that uses the word addicted 
to something like that, right? And say, I'm, I'm addicted to coffee, right? Oh, yeah, I'm addicted to coffee. Mm. Well, then that person, why are they saying that? Is that they're saying that coffee has a power over me, right? Like, I, I that, like, I can't function without it's, it. Right? I'm unmanageable right. like, when like, it comes I to coffee. I can't function without it. Like, if I don't have coffee, I get irritable, I, I lose, I, I, I'm not productive or whatever it is, right? Because there's different ways or things that, that coffee, I think, is, well coffee that caffeine is addictive yeah, right it is. it's objectively something that's addictive um so i think that the i at least for me in step two the, the key there in a spiritual sense is that you recognize that that this is somebody this, that god is someone objectively different from me right that i'm not god and maybe that's the maybe that's what i want to get to yeah, is, your external is, is that there is a god and it's not me Yep. I've always liked that phrase. There is a God and it's not me. Right. Yeah. Um, so if there is a God and that's and, and God is the one that has the power to help me bring myself. What is it? Uh, could restore us to sanity. It's not me because clearly I'm not able to. Right. Yeah. And again, like so coffee. Right. Like to, to use it just like a, a simple thing that may, most people can relate to. Not everyone's a coffee drinker. Um, but most people can relate to like, yeah, like you realize that there has this power over you and that of yourself, of your own accord, you can try, but you've known, and maybe you might have a couple of days where you don't have coffee and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm over it. Right. Yeah. But then, you know, you pass by a, a, a coffee shop. That's what I was going to say that, that it's still there. So you need to learn to manage. Yeah. Right. That. So, um, mm -hmm. okay. Sanity. And then, um, step three, step three. Step three is, come on, telephone. Um, step three says, uh, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood. Right, so as we understood him is, is a phrase that um, I notice in all the steps here. Every time it says God, because AA is meant to be ecumenical or open to non-Catholics uh, and non-Christians. Yeah. And so, um, so it does use that kind of inclusive language when it because comes to you God. understand yeah. God, and yeah. so it might be like this cosmic entity people that are energy so someone that's uh uh, uh spiritual but not religious could yeah. still kind of buy into the the 12 steps um but for our purposes right we're talking about the real one true god right uh so we make a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of god as we understand them so again so there's this logical next step right so okay so god um, so I am sinful, right? There is this particular temptation that the devil knows is my weakness. And that's where he keeps attacking, 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 right? So I have to come to a realization that one, it's affecting me. One, step one, right? There's something wrong here. And, I, and, and every time I fall into that temptation, it, there's chaos in my life. And, and, so, and, and it's, it's, not good. it's not good, right? Step two is realizing God can do something about it, right? God is more powerful than the devil, right? Almost God like is more I powerful. Can't, I can't. I've tried. Mm -hmm. There God must can. be there. And there is a God and it's not me. So step three is like, okay, so if God is the one that has the power, then I need to turn myself over and surrender so that God, who does have the power to conquer this temptation, addiction, or whatever it is, um, can, can work uh work out that that grace-filled action in my life yeah right so, so there's a subtle distinction i think between step two and step three it's almost like step two b <laughs> yeah no um, but it is because i think the hardest thing um the most difficult thing i would say is actually turning it over 
and mm-hmm. surrendering it. Um, yeah. I mean, um, it's I, a I, logical step. It's not an easy step. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so if you're the way I think of it, if you're interviewing for a job or you apply for a job, even then you're like trying to will it into existence and, and it's really out of your hands. So yeah. it's, a, it's until I, I'm sure I've had that experience where you let go of something like that something petty in a way like in the grand scheme of things but like you let go of it and it happens mm-hmm. and so i think it's a difficult step right so let's if someone does take step three is i do turn it over i think confession for me kind of is a place to do that Definitely, right as yeah. a catholic and um we turn it over what's step four well before we go on step three step four um i think step three so it's it's the, the concept of surrendering right Again, I think it's a logical next step. And all of these are logical next steps. Like if, if anyone that's rationally thinking about things like, yeah, that, that, that makes sense, right? God exists. He has the power and I don't. So that's who I'm going to turn to, right? Um, it's a logical step. But again, it's a difficult step because to surrender our will, to surrender our lives um, is, is to admit to on a deeper level about that powerlessness that we're admitting in step one, right? Yeah. It's it's to admit that like, because I think even at step one, you might think, yeah, this has become unmanageable. And at least when it comes to addictions, we think there there, there seems to be this like this notion that like, yeah, but I can still do it. I can still yeah. manage it, right? I can still like, I can Ign- still overcome it. You ignore it. Like I'm still like, maybe I'm not in complete control, but I still got some control, mm-hmm. right? And so at least on a spiritual level, Um, I think here is where you have to kind of like say like, no, like I cannot. And again, okay, so now jettison the whole addiction thing. We'll come back to in a second. But think of it just in terms of sin is and and this is a whole podcast in and of itself. But humanity owes a debt to God that humanity cannot pay. Like, what can you give to God to make up for something that you've done? What can you possibly give to God, period? If God is already, uh, you know, God, yeah, yeah, he has everything. Everything is his. And so, like, what am I supposed to? It, it'd be like, it'd be like you owing your mom 20 bucks. And then what are you going to do? Take I, And then like, and you take $20 from a purse. It's already hers. And you give it back to her. Like, I, that's not doing anything. I right? thought of, yeah, I thought of Bella. Like right now. Like Why? what we do. <laughs> she I mean, we arms. provide for Bella. No, oh, no. Okay. Like we provide for Bella. We do those things so like what can bella at at least right now like give me like it's kind of like um yeah if if bella asked you for your birthday she said um you know dad can you buy me um you know popsicle sticks glue markers um little pom-poms and um and and whatever it is right and then she created this little art project from it and she gave it to you right on, on, on some level, you would be like, oh, this is the sweetest thing because she's put her heart into it. And that's the part that you appreciate, that's right? True. My, she, she has given, she has, she has demonstrated her love for me. And yes. that's what you appreciate. But the popsicles and the, and the, and the, and the construction paper and the glue and all that other stuff, I bought it. Yeah, you know, like, like that's, that's clearly my own money yeah. that's give, being given to me. And frankly, with less value, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I can't sell it you anymore. Can't sell you it. can't sell yeah, it. Yeah. So it's got less value, right? So, um, so to surrender your will is to realize that there is nothing I can do. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's a total power. It's a realization that I'm totally powerless. 
against this. And I and and without God, at least maybe that's not maybe I don't I'm not sure ready to say what I just said, but it's not that I'm yeah I'm I'm powerless in a in the sense that nothing that I put in is going to make the difference, right? I still got to put something in, and, and that's why I stopped myself, yeah. right? Because you, you still got to like with Bella, right? She still got to she's she's still adding something. Uh, to that construction paper, to yes. that, to that glue, she's adding love, right? So there is still something that you can contribute, um, but in and of itself, like the material stuff, um, there's no, there's nothing that's yeah. been given to you that's more. Like it's, it's still like if, if without you, that wouldn't have been possible, right? So anyway, so maybe that got a little too abstract, but uh, hopefully it'll tease itself out as as we keep going. So now we're moving on to what step are we on? Number four. Number four. I'm glad you're keeping track of this because I'm not. Okay. <laughs> Number four says that we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves, which if you're Catholic, you should think of the word. Um, examination of conscience. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. with was a phrase. I said word, but yeah, that's three words. An examination. Yeah. An examination of conscience. Exactly right. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, it requires introspection. And yeah, and in a way it is like, um, it's parallel, right? To like kind of like confession and, but in a way you have to come ready. You have to take inventory of what you want to surrender. And, mm -hmm. but here we have it as like you surrender first and then you, you've made a, like an inventory of what it is. You're Are you puzzled by why is this is number four? Yeah, because. Yeah, I'm thinking you become aware of it, you inventory. I think it's because the the awareness of it is 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 a more general one. Yeah, you admit it comes sorry. to like you you're admitting that that something's wrong, um, and and I think I think so the so the because you equated step one with coming to confession, I think maybe that's that's skipping over a few steps, right? Yeah, because maybe, cause maybe confession you just is more feel. just like is just like man, I feel guilty. Yes, you know, I feel awful about myself. I realize that my relationship with my mom or my sister or my uh, husband or whatever right there's something here and i and, and especially the guilt can can kind of be like the, the the triggering triggering guilt is a good thing right and we get like a big that there's like this phrase catholic guilt right but guilt is a, is is a gift from god right that, that we feel guilt um is what is is not meant to be purely punishment that you feel bad in your gut and whatever it is but it's meant to be punishment and uh, motivation for you to kind of like seek out res re a resolution, right? To seek out reconciliation with God. Yeah, so step one is that like you admit yeah. that, hey, I'm feeling uh, it's not right. Mm -hmm. Things are not right. I don't understand it. Maybe there's someone that can help. Mm -hmm. And then and then maybe step four is that is that right before going to confession is like, okay, so what exactly, right? Um, what exactly is it that that I'm wanting to admit a powerlessness yes. with? Does yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and you take inventory and you kind of uh, you're you're looking at step one in a way and like what and trying to find out. Yeah, what, it's like a, it's what's like causing a, it's that. like a deepening of 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 step one. Yeah. Okay, so then we take inventory. However, anyone does it, we offer like in a way probably come to that understanding of what we're doing wrong it mm -hmm. might be and i think it shows up everywhere i think if you're yeah. at work if you're at home if you're 
shows up different places, but we we identify that. Yeah, and I think um, I I think this is a good place to talk about how it is that you go about doing a, an examination of conscience. Well, you would want to. I mean, there's different. You can literally just Google search examination of conscience, and it'll kind of guide you through a series of questions. Um, to kind of reflect on your lives and is this what I'm doing? Is this what I'm doing? Have I done this? Have I done that? Have I not done this when, when it's sins of omission? Um, and so there's ways to do. And then and then those examinations of conscience that exist out there, there's people that create a different list, um, will be based on different ways, right? So they might go through the Ten Commandments or they might go through, yeah. you know, the seven capital sins, and they'll kind of um, tease out different actions or thoughts and, 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 and ways of being that maybe are um, are violating either those commandments or is going is basically falling into these seven vices. Um, those are two different ways that you can do it, but there's other ways, right? You can go through a scriptural kind of thing or, or what have you, right? So the idea is that the, the, there's many ways to do it, but all of it, the, the, the common ground there, is that it's 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 a uh, introspection, right? It's looking inside and seeing, and and taking account and inventory to 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 use the language here, of yeah. what it is that we've done and haven't done. Um, yeah, I I think um, this came to mind. I don't know if you're familiar with the name Simon Sinek. He's a, a consultant, I think, to businesses, and he wrote a book on on the question why, right? Mm -hmm. So like when a business is, so we're talking about coffee. So let's just think like coffee shop. Um, I'm not getting, you know, customers aren't coming to my coffee shop. Why? Well, our coffee doesn't taste great. Why? Um, our, our baristas aren't trained. Why? Um, maybe the leader's not prioritizing that. Why? Mm -hmm. the and so you start asking why. And I think of that. I think it's a it's a good place to like, if, if something's like out of line and, you know, maybe, okay, I could say, um, you know what, this past month, I didn't spend time with my family as much as I would like. And then I, if I go on that why journey, I think I'll get to the point where I'm like, okay, I think I'm prioritizing some some other stuff other than that. So I think uh, inventory, it could be examination of conscience. Well, I think that you've inadvertently, um, providentially wandered into step five. Oh, nice. Um, so step five says, we admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs the exact nature now here we're, we're adding two i think that step is i don't know why it's one step <laughs> i didn't come up with this right yeah. but it, it to me it's almost like two steps right because now we're introducing um a person to another human being right not just to god but to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs right so the exact exact nature is what i'm hearing you're saying yeah, right? like is, is that why 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 like what brought me to this uh, I think that's a brilliant and wonderful insight. Um, one of the things, uh, one of the things that I hear in confession a lot is a lot of people will say, "I get angry all the time," and then they'll keep going with their confession. They'll say, "Oh, whatever else that they're confessing," and if you've ever confessed, confess, confess being angry with me, Father Joe, then you will likely have heard what I respond to everyone that says that is, "Okay, let's clarify. Being angry in and of itself is not the sin." Right. Jesus himself got angry, flipped tables. Yeah. Right. Correct. Um, so it's not the anger that's the problem. It's it's what resulted from that anger. Right. Whether it's, you know, thinking malicious thoughts about the person that you're angry with, retaliating uh, in some way, 
um, letting letting it fester in our heart and and in our minds, those are the sinful things, right? An emotion, especially when it's a gut reaction or gut, yeah, gut reaction to something, that's not the sin because you're not choosing to. No one chooses to be angry, right? You may choose to remain in your anger and you may choose to kind of wallow in it and to kind of like True. you know meditate on what it is that got you angry and just kind of secularly secularly or i love it um kind of just like you know like you know stay in there and remain stagnant um but the sin in and of itself is not but but anger is in and of itself not the sin right so so again like i'll tell people like okay so next time you find yourself getting angry and and popping off at whoever it was (laughs) ask yourself okay what was i really angry about right so if um you know a wife gets angry because her husband always leaves socks out in the living room, right? And she loses it. I would ask her, okay, so is it a sock that's making you this angry? And I think nine times out of 10, they'll mm-hmm. admit, no, it's not about the sock. It's right? about the support. It's about the fact that I've been cleaning all day and he just throws his socks on the ground. Okay, so what you're saying is that you're upset that of a perceived injustice of of how he doesn't maybe value what you value, do. I was, yeah. Maybe he is um you feel like he is inconsiderate and 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 selfish. Uh, maybe you feel like um he doesn't hear you and he doesn't listen to you. Maybe you did tell him three times pick up your socks and and three times he didn't do it. And so you may perceive he doesn't care, he doesn't listen to me. Um and usually yeah, nine times out of ten, it's not about the sock, right? No one's gonna lose, no one's gonna throw away their love for someone over a sock, right? Um, it's what the sock maybe represents, right? Or it's the one thousandth sock um, or metaphorical sock um, in this case. Um, and then, that, and so, so the 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 step here is to admit to God, to ourselves, and to another, another human being the exact nature, nature. of our yeah. wrongs, right? So. If you really want to get to a place of healing, um, I think this is where you kind of have to do some of the, again, it's part of the introspection, but it's a, it's a deepening of that, right? Okay, so specifically, what is it that makes me fall into the sin? How is it that it it, it operates and how, yeah, is, how it, is it triggered? Yeah, huh? and I, I think that that's why it's always good to kind of realize and recognize um, and, 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 yeah, yeah, to just to, to, to recognize the devil's strategies, right? So that's why books like the Screw Tape Letters yeah, are so is, awesome I'm a book. huge I'm a huge fan of this. if you've never read the Screw Tape Letters, highly recommend. Yes. Absolutely love it by C. S. Lewis. Um, but like to to kind of hear these and to understand and to, to kind of be able to recognize that's the kicker. Like not just know about it, but know how to recognize it in your own life these little strategies that the devil employs, right? Um, Because as he did in the garden, right? Um, Did God really say you couldn't eat from any of the trees? He knows that that's not what God said, right? He's manipulating them. Yes. And so that's what he'll do. And that's why you need to know how he operates. The exact nature of it and not stay like at the surface level. Yeah. Right? And so, okay, so we have this list or mental list or list maybe of, of, uh, things that we've identified mm-hmm. then six i imagine wait 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 wait. but okay so that's half of one right we're talking about the exact nature but it's it's the other oh, part of that it's adding person. is that you're adding you're adding also admitting to god to ourselves and maybe we haven't done that fully to ourselves 
But then it's also saying, at least in the 12-step program, is to admit also to another human being. And so we're introducing here another level of, um, what's the word you had used this word earlier? Um, accountability. Yes. Which is, I think that's what, in a way, in confession, right, for a Catholic, I, 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 not that it's, it weighs heavier, I think, um, like you actually share what you're trying to, or what's been holding you back, and then kind of like, um, how you plan on moving forward. And when you share that, I think it, it's almost like, and people do this um, online, they say, once you get started on a dream, you're working on, I don't know, some endeavor like business, whatever you want to do, they say share it because as soon as you share it publicly, like you have a responsibility now, mm. like, and most of us felt right, like we still don't follow through on the things we share, but um, I, that's how I see it. Like once you like speak it into like existence to someone, then it's a little bit more real. Some, yeah, that's what I think. Um, and and so that's where, where I went with that. So um, so we admit that to ourselves. We share it and we share it with someone. Um, am I missing something there or no? After that, like we move into six. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know that there's anything else that I would add, add to that one. Okay. So number six, uh, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. So what's the new part here? We were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. So, so, so I think, well, go ahead. Well, as you jump in, that we're ready. Like you're now, you're now like, um, you have an understanding. You've kind of like made that analysis. You're ready. You have identified it. You shared it. And now you're ready for God too. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of cheating and I'm looking at the next step, but um, yeah, I think the readiness is like, okay, I'm resolved, right? Yes. Okay. So, so it's not just, I've admitted that God's the one that's able to do this, um, that I'm not, I'm powerless to do it. I've made an inventory. I've recognized precisely how it is that all of these internal, um, causes and effects are, are, are making me fall into this sinful behavior or addictive behavior. Um, and then, yeah, you're, you're ready. I think I would also highlight the part where it says to have God remove all these defects of character, right? Because the, the thing about addictions, at least, and, and sin is that we like it, mm-hmm. right? We like it. I mean, the alcoholic likes how he feels, maybe not afterwards when everything kind of like under the harsh light of day, but in the midst of it, there's a physiological enjoyment yes of alcohol narcotics whatever it may be and the same thing with sin right the devil doesn't tempt us with things that we don't like yeah he tempts us with things that in the moment are are satisfactory are 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 pleasing to the senses usually usually to the senses and so here it's are we ready to have god remove all these defects of character because if he's going to remove the temptation or if he's going to remove the sin if he's going to remove the 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 addiction or whatever it is or or the power that that addiction has over us then that means that i'm not going to have that i'm not going to have the 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 prize or or not the prize that's gratification gratification yeah. yeah the gratification right so you know if i am a addicted little a to coffee 
and I've realized, you know what, this is keeping me up all, all night. Maybe I, I, I can't stop and I drink it throughout the day. Maybe physically, uh, my doctor has already told me that my caffeine levels have, I don't know, affected my heart uh, yeah. and given me arrhythmia or, or something to that effect, right? Then I realized, okay, something's wrong. And then I might admit it and I might kind of analyze like how it is or what are they, where, why, do you, why is it that I feel like I need coffee, right? Maybe I am... Uh, maybe I don't get a good night's sleep. I don't go to, you know, I don't, I don't have a good proper bedtime routine that gets me into a relaxed mode and stuff like that. So I've done the analysis stuff. And then it comes to a point where you have to, are you ready to have this stuff removed? Right. And that's going to imply if it's coffee, right. To, to, mm -hmm. to continue that, that example, then that's going to mean that if I'm not going to have coffee because it has this bad effect on me, then that means that I'm going to have to learn how to go to bed early that means that i'm going to with narcotics and with this i'm going to have these um what's that word called uh uh withdrawals Withdraw, right? i'm going to yeah. have withdrawals and that's going to be unpleasant um so it, i think part of it is also realizing that there's going to be these necessary adverse effects with the removal of of these things yeah there's going to be some work so I think that's a, a great place to stop this part one of this, I think, awesome topic. Uh, I do want to do a random question yeah, for this one. So, okay. So then in keeping with this topic, um, and this will require a little bit of vulnerability from us, but I think we're game for it. Um, is there something that you and I feel that individually, not together, but yeah. individually, um, maybe we are addict again, lowercase a addicted to, or have been addicted to. Um, and, and what would that be? And, and, and do we see the same kind of parallels that we've been talking about, um, in this episode? Yeah. Um, I think for me, I'm going to go here real quick. So I love reading and uh, as I read books, I am reading through a book and then there's always like little suggestions from the author about other authors. And okay. I think, I think they're conspiring <laughs> so that I buy all the books, but no. So then what well, I think what I'm addicted to is reading. And I think I've shared this with you in the past that, um, I'll consume, consume knowledge. And so I, I think that's something that I have to, I, I'm aware of now. Like I select certain like books I want to read if I want to, and I'll read books like on audio engineering. Like I read a book for like podcasting. Now read a book on, um, um, it might be like, I actually read a book from a Christian author, uh, called, uh, to hell with the hustle. Right. And so how he was working through a blog hmm. and like how he worked through that, but I'll read these books. And so I think that's something that I have to stop myself. Um, I still read a bit, but I'm, more selective but i know i've struggled with it like struggled with that in the past and that like i just love reading i think it's a good thing but it could get in the way yeah so i would i would ask a, a follow-up question because and and please as and for our listener right please do not think that we're trying to um undermine real addictions and you yes, know, yes, addictions yes, yes. No, so, so that's not what we're trying to do is or, or maybe what a better way with phrasing the question would have been like what's something that has an addictive uh, nature. addictive nature for us right and so yeah i think reading sure i, I um uh consuming uh data after data after data right um so what i would my follow-up question would be like 
is there a sinful side to that, do you think? Uh, because, so, because I mean, reading is good, right? We teach our kids that reading is positive and that, that knowledge is power. And, and those are true. I, I think, yes, I, I've identified it or at least like surface level identified it. But I think reading can become an action rather than what I'm learning. If I'm learning something, then me applying it, like stop reading it, apply it. And so I think it leads to uh, a type of a sinful nature of not being like not not actually acting out like what I'm learning. And so like, okay. like, so maybe like, reading, sloth, be like reading becomes a means is not a means to an end, but it becomes an end in and of itself. And, and yeah. then you're you just, just reading for the sake, you're you reading for the sake of for the sake of reading and it's not really adding value to your life. Okay. So it's yeah. not knowledge is power. It's just knowledge is knowledge and knowledge is knowledge. And I just, keep yeah. And so just being more aware. And I think, um, that's something, okay. uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's, a, good. that's a, that's a, I think that's a, that's a good way. That's fair. Um, I would say that, and, and this is a fairly recent, um, realization, but I realized how, how what a tremendous power social media had mm -hmm. over me. Right. And I don't, I don't even post, you know, I never posted. Rarely did I ever post a picture or a thought. Um, but still, and earlier I mentioned, you know, like if you, the first thing you do is you check your phone in the morning and then maybe plug in your phone across the room. Right. Well, I tried that. Um, and then I got a longer cable. <laughs> um, and so I realized, yeah, this has a power over me. Right. And so. I also realized, and, and cause I'm going to, so that's follow a question for you. I'll, I'll, I'll ask for myself too. Yeah. Like, was there a sinful nature of it too? A sinful side of it? Because I, I don't think social media is evil. If you're on social media, that's fine. As long as it's not controlling you. Yeah. Right. Um, but like, yeah, exactly. Like what I just said, right. Like instead, I would, that's the first thing I would do in the morning as well, I would check social media. Um, and even when I got the, put it, you know, to charge on the other side, I found a way around it and I was like, yeah. no, I'm still going to get it next. I can still reach it. If I, <laughs> I just had to stretch out my hand a little bit more, but I could still get it, you know? Um, and so that's when I realized it had this, this, this power over me that I, that I wasn't comfortable with. Right. And I was taking, it was taking my time and my thoughts and my heart away from more important things. And so, and so I got rid of most of the social yeah. media accounts and, and, and I find myself like, a, it, it, like, it's like almost like this ghost, you know, like I still, like I open my phone and I'm like, yeah, it's hey, like, they're like, like, yeah. Cause I, I know I knew exactly where it was on the, on, on my homepage on the home screen. Right. And so it's almost like I, I want to click there and that's like, that's, um, it's uh what's it called uh it's whatsapp now where where facebook yeah. used to be is whatsapp and so like i click on it i was like what am i clicking on that for <laughs> you know but there's this it's it's almost it's, like a it's, go it's a phantom there like there it's still um it's still tugging at me even though it's gone and so that's how i realized that there was something addictive yeah it could get it could get something beyond me yeah and it could grow and you, we don't want that mm -hmm. like even for me like with books so cool yeah that's awesome we're there all right we'll go back to that episode Okay, so so we're talking about the twelve step program, um, but we've gone through one through six. I think that's a good place to maybe kind of take a break, and we'll be back next week with step seven through twelve. Yeah, so you'll hear us next week. <laughs>